How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to the Two Summoners podcast. My name's Corby, and I'm joined, as always, with my six foot seven, blonde haired, rippling muscles, mm. big chest hair. Uh, Papa Pike, how you doing, dude? I actually just shaved, funnily enough. Oh, really? I did, yeah. Oh, your chest? Yeah, I did. I'll <laughs> show. I'll let all the audio listeners. Oh, that's fine. There you go. Have a look at that bad boy. That is, no, it's not really smooth. I had to trim it back because I'm a bear. Uh, but the no, thing that I love so much about these intros is that he's going to be sending this to all his friends. He's going to be like, look, I got, did this, I, did, I got this interview done. And then the intro, you're just like, look at my best chest. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, when you said like six foot seven blonde hair, I was just like, damn, he's described a pen from the Barbie movie that's coming out. I was like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not phased by this because Ryan Gosling. Yeah, man. A one-to-one comparison. What are you talking about? Guys, so anyway, so I said that yeah. we have an interview. We do. Uh, today, we're going to be joined by Vertex Coach. Uh, Vertex actually just got into the playoffs, which yeah. is oh, fantastic. Good on them. Rookie split, making it into the final bracket. Yeah. Goaded. Uh, we're joined Pinch. by Style, the head coach. Style, yeah. Let's uh, let's bring him in, guys. We'll be one second. Here. We did it. Oh, that was easy. Yeah. Style, good day, mate. How you doing? <laughs> good, good. How are you? Yeah, really good, mate. Uh, mate, you had an awesome split. Tell us. Uh, tell us just about you, actually. We want to get to know you. I think everyone's coming on to find out who Styled is and how impactful you are in the LCO. So give us a rundown. Uh, so I'm Styled. I'm a current uh, coach for Vertex, head coach, and I was probably an LCO player uh, as well. Nice. There you go. So what, what lanes were you in the LCO? So like, how long have you been? were you playing for the pro league before you went to coaching? Um, I played for about three years. Nice. And then I went into coaching, yes. But I played OCS as well between that and a little bit before. Yeah, sure awesome. did. And I've also noticed the fact you're doing some stuff in the amateur scene. I know you from mm. pumping in the Weekend Warriors as well. I was looking through the DMs yeah. and I sent you the, the link to set up the podcast. <laughs> we also played Minecraft with each other like two years ago, which I have no, I don't oh, remember yeah. this. <laughs> I think like a long time ago. Um, yeah, I used to your Minecraft server. Yeah, I must play with like banished and that. I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah, damn. <laughs> That's pretty random. I can't. I can't I'm, where was my invite? Your mic's cooked, Pike. Can't hear you, bro. Can't hear me. Ah, all right, hold on. That was a fun all adventure. Right. Microphone's not working. Um, so we were talking about Minecraft. Um, but let's let's <laughs> randomly in Corby server. Um, mm. so style. Tell us about your you your previous pro days. Um, tell us about even the OCS. Like walk us through your history from like start to finish with League of Legends. Okay, so when I first started, um, it was an amateur. I was recruited by someone back then that was, a, uh, sorry, they were a manager of an amateur team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up on a team. Actually, I think even Midbeast was on it. That was really weird. But like we, he, Midbeast was on it. Um, a lot of, a few other pros were on it. Like eventually they became pros. Um, and then the first proper team I was recruited into was an OCS team. It was Order, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, and then after, after that, um, I went into Avant Academy as well. Another nice. OCS team after that. Uh, that was pretty much the first year where I thought, okay, yeah, like, I think, like, I improved a lot. I think I can go pro now. And that year, um, we had a lot of issues in regards to the team because that was the 
infamous year where a lot of people got banned from OCS, including Zipper, who got perma banned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was part of my team, so I was collateral damage in a way. I was uh, I had to play with a lot of other people that we initially didn't want to play with. Like we didn't mm. want to play with them, but like that wasn't like our that, that wasn't our plan, right? Um, unfortunately, yeah. like our, yeah. our team could have been really good. I think like we could have gone pretty far. But unfortunately, um, yeah, we got banned. A lot of us got banned. The great like host calling. Who are free? The great host calling, indeed. Yes. The good old days. Um, that's yeah. pretty hectic, man. So, um, tell us more about your your pro scene then. So that was a nice little start to the OCS. Um, tell us how you sort of transferred into the pro scene and became a pro player. Okay, so after the Avant year, um, in twenty twenty, so. Avant was 2019. Mm -hmm. 2020 was my first year of um, OPL. It was OPL back then. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was with Mammoth. Mm -hmm. um, that was right after Shiv, Neil, took over Mammoth. Um, that was the year after Ma Mammoth went to Worlds. So this was like a completely new owner. Um, the investment was nowhere near as much as they had before. So they, had, they picked up a lot of rookies. Um, and they had a house. Um, essentially it was really last minute. I, I was just asked like, because he got the, he got the spot really late. Like I said, he got the takeover really late. He essentially just picked up like people as fast as he could. And he picked up, uh, I got messaged by the, the, someone that was like suggesting players to him. And that's how essentially I put my, uh, first foot inside the pro scene first step. Yeah, and then fine. after that, yeah, after that, it was just, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't perform that well, unfortunately, uh, on Mammoth. Um, in a way, I've been kind of unlucky in some sense because I got an injury, like an RSI, um, mm. at the start of 2020. I had a um, tennis elbow, um, which is pretty bad for me because it essentially lost a lot of grip on my hand, mm. and it made me it made it harder for me to uh, play. Like I just couldn't click as accurately. Uh, couldn't play as much as I used to as well. So, like, I had that whilst I was in Mammoth, and I had that whilst I was in the gaming house. That was, like, really annoying. Yeah, and after, after, I, after I came back, I was like, I want to fix this problem. So I went to, like, a physiotherapist um, here in Perth, like, back home, because I'm mm -hmm. from Perth. Nice. Um, and then that was, like, that wasn't really cutting it as much as I would like to. So the next step, what I did was... I went to an esports physiotherapist, which is something that's pretty rare. That's what? actually yes. a thing. What? That is a thing. Yes. Is that what they're, Fake is they're... looking at now? <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, the same one. He's coming to Australia. Yeah, he's coming to Perth. <laughs> so there's a guy in Australia that's part of an esports physiotherapist group. There's an esports physiotherapist group, um, and I just like did it online. Like we did like a a session online, mm. and it did work. Like. He set me up like a program and stuff. Um, it did help like maybe like 80%. Like, it got 80% mm. better. So overall, it was like really good for me. Because then after that, um, like between that, I was still I still had an injury, but I still played OCS when I come back from Mammoth. I played on Legacy Genesis. Yeah. Um, and then after that, the next year, I got picked up by Legacy, like the main team. Yeah. Um, and then um... and that, that was the year that I played with my injury being not as bad. Um, 
yeah that's pretty much it like it was still it was still it was still kind of there it was like lingering but it wasn't as bad as it used to be it's kind of interesting dude you've been like a part of all these different parts of oc pro and then as soon as you're a part of it it kind of explodes <laughs> so you're part of like ocs that's boom and then you went to like opl and then that went boom <laughs> yeah pretty much like first like, like first i should have taken care of my body more for sure in regards to like playing and posture and stuff that's what really mm. like killed me right like but the thing is back then like the the knowledge people had around that wasn't as much as they do now i think mm. at least from at least from my personal experience maybe that's like subjective but like i think for me i realized that yeah like it was it was really hard for me like even now it's hard for me to play consistently mm. like i still haven't fully fixed it so and, and you know what yeah. they say it's those that can't like teach teach gym so it's those who can't play go into coaching so yeah, now, exactly. you're, now you're the head coach so you, you've, you've had all these years that, that wasn't <laughs> you've had all these yeah. years of experience and now you're the head coach so um how was that transferring from player i know this because all the coaches currently have played at some time i believe minus maybe a couple um like calvin from bliss never actually played but he he went straight into coaching so what was it like going from pro play to pro coach um, it was a little bit difficult because there were def definitely some things I didn't expect, um, from coaching that were like really difficult. Like for example, I think I kind of under, how can I say this? Like I didn't expect a lot of the things from coaching as like scheduling, like scheduling is kind of hard actually scheduling, especially for people that are really young and really like unorganized. It's really hard to organize them. So yeah, it's the it's the babysitter mentality again. Yeah, you're basically like, a babysitter. That's one of them as well. And I think another one is managing egos. I think that's really hard. Ooh. Managing us, egos. Yeah. Tell us more about that hard. actually. Tell us. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to list names, of course, right? Oh, Just sure. for privacy reasons. But um, yeah, of course. Like in my team, there are people with high confidence, high egos. Some people with less confidence and confidence issues. Um, they're both in the different, like completely different opposite sides of the scale, but they're both difficult to deal with because mm. in the way that communication should be, they're not realistic, like they're realistically not very good at communicating. Um, like a lot of the communication is like emotional. Mm. It's not really constructive. And a lot of, a lot of it comes off as very, it can be, it can be argumentative when it doesn't need to be and uh, yeah I'm, I'm kind of picking up that like some players will come to with issues they're having within the team instead of like constructive things on them learning how to play better within that team is that kind of true wait say that again sorry one more time they're having it seems like what i'm picking up at least is a lot of the players are coming to you and you're seeming to have to fix like people's issues with other people on the team and how they fit in there instead of like their actual gameplay is that more yeah point? Um, that is one big part of it for sure. I think gameplay as well, like, yes, but not as bad as like making them work as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Making them work as a team. Yeah. I think that's the big thing. Cause we've said on the podcast before that a lot of teams have a very much like a, what's the phrasing we always called it. It's not gatekeeping in per se. It's just, everyone wants to play with their friends and be all buddy, buddy with their best mate. 
I think for a new team like Vertex joining the scene, did you guys find any of that with your players coming into it? Were people saying, um, I won't play without having this person? Well, when we were initially building the team, um, there was like a stage where we had trials. Mm -hmm. And in the trials, we had some people, groups of people that wanted to play with each other. But it wasn't because they were particularly friends. It was particularly because they were roughly the same level. So coming into the split, they would have similar expectations rather than, you know, like I don't want to play this guy because he's worse than me. I want to compete for this placement. Yeah. They wanna, they are just new, right? They're just like they're not gonna, they're not gonna compete for this placement. They're not good enough to compete for this placement. I did have that um, whilst I was building the roster. Mm. I built this roster with the manager of uh, Vertex, which is now currently not there anymore. Um, Overall, though, like it wasn't no, it wasn't difficult. And honestly, I had the plan coming into it that I didn't want to build a team with friends because I think one of the underlying issues that is inside the ecosystem of like league, like LCO, um, is there are just too many friend groups, right? Like it's just like a what's it called? The click. The boys club, right? Yeah. The boys club, and it's not it's not good because it's gonna put out a lot of people that should, like deserve to be in in right they're just kind of like playing for their friends with their friends right and i don't want to list names but there's been many occasions especially in the bottom teams in the last few years where that's been the case right um, the gatekeeping themselves like the bottom teams aren't aren't wanting to to let other people I, have a go i think there there's an issue where the bottom teams want to play with their friends as well like for example i i don't want to i don't want to list names i, I kind of <laughs> do but i don't you know like it's it i don't want to put them on the spot but give them an alias kind of call it mr a mr a, okay, <laughs> mr. a was a dick and mr. he kind of fucked me over and just yeah nah, i mean like for me it's never really been an issue i think but like for some other people it has and i think overall looking at those teams they could have recruited much better but they decided not to because they wanted to play with their friends or maybe the management was pushed by players to get this specific player when these no. players are, and they, there are better players out there that could fill that spot as a like, coach what... now do you think playing yeah, i know it like for you want to get some inputs from the players when you're building a roster you want to make sure everyone feels comfortable from the jump because it's a lot easier to build off pre-existing like chemistry between players but as a coach do you think it's kind of important to when players come to you and say oh i want to play with this person or i won't play with this one just kind of put them in their place say shut up for a second <laughs> no we're going to try and build a roster out we feel like this is a really good coachable team that will go far do you think that's important i think that's important but at the same time like as i said at the beginning it's like some players have the expectation like for example um like we have like we have some players that are more experienced on our roster mm. that want to play with more experienced players rather than playing with new players um and that would rather like yeah of course they have a say because like i'll be honest right like we have someone like for example dante i can just say his name like he's really good and he's experienced mm. he has some some experience i think he is a player to play around and he is as other in other sports as you would say they're your franchise player 
right? Mm. Yeah. And a franchise player, you kind of want to have the input because when you have, when you give them the resources they want, they put the trust in you and they feel more confident in themselves. Coming into every game, they're like, I'm playing with this guy. Like, my coach has given me the resources. Like, now it's on me. Like, does that... You get what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, so they're yeah. not going into the game thinking that they're going to lose. They're going into the game thinking we have a decent chance to win. Yeah, because they have gotten the resources they wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to do that, right? Like, um, I think coming into the split, we had different expectations. We had, like, difficulty building... Sorry, we had difficulties coming into the first week because we had someone, actually, that was going to play ADC and for like non-gameplay related issues they could not play um and because of that we had to like fill in dante like we had to buy him out for ground zero um and we had to get another adc right so we had to we had to get dante from from ground zero because there were no other adcs to play and literally i was going to play if no one was going to play and but and but the management said okay they, they want me to play they want me to be the coach not the player Mm. Um. So we we had we bought out Dante, and I was like, okay, like this guy's gonna expect a lot more from what we currently have. Like initially, it was we're gonna have an experimental team, like a rookie team. We had like four rookies on Rosie, which is pretty much even though he has like this is a narrative that Rosie is very experienced and all that, but he mm. hasn't played the game for a while. Yeah, and that doesn't so it's still like he's really rusty. Of, yeah, so a lot of new players still coming into it. So we didn't have the expectation of come, like go into playoffs with like this amateur, like completely new team, no mm. experience on any of them, except um, except Rosie. Actually, yeah, just Rosie. Mm. So we had to completely change the expectation. Like once Dante came, like mm. we realized, okay, like we're gonna go into like we can make playoffs now. We should be competing for playoffs and. Yeah, we had to make changes around that, and we didn't make like specific changes as in, okay, these guys are coming in, they're for sure just playing. It's like we're gonna bring in Gooder and we're gonna bring in Suman to see who fits better, and then yeah. we can compete. Like I thought, Tomasino was able to compete well with a lot of the top laners. I thought Rosie was like experienced enough, mm. and he could catch up and you know, be it some 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 sort of voice. Um. But yeah, like the expectations changed as a play as a player comes in. That's okay. that's that's my experience at least hmm. so far. All right. Well, let's we can touch on that as well. Uh, well, t- you talked about like bringing on Suman as well as the secondary mid laner for Chirp, and yes. since the change of that, you've seen um, a little bit more of a success in the team, especially. Well, I mean, now that you've made it into playoffs, um, playoffs. How's how did that switch go with the team? Because you said at the start, obviously morale seems to be it was a little bit shaky at the start, but. With your feet under you, with your getting your feet under you and working into the second half, how did the the change go when you shook things up? It was good because um, I think it was a wake up call for Chirp. Yeah, and it was it was a wake up call for Chirp, like a massive one. Like coming into one thing that um, was the biggest issue for Chirp, or one of the biggest issues for Chirp still is is that he was so good at amateur, but he's so much worse in pro because his play style is sort of putting him back a bit in the sense that 
he was so good at lane, like he could just stomp lane and he wouldn't get punished for it by the enemy team. Like the the team is an amateur, which is not good enough to punish him as a team, right? Mm. Like, and as soon as he comes in, he realizes like he can't just win by stomping lane. He has to find another way to win, and that was like what set him back a lot. And I think he lost a lot of confidence coming into it as well. Um, I think again, as I'll come back to that point of like personal, like um, co- like egos and confidence. Mm-hmm. Chep's more of a reserved person, um, so he's not like thriving with confidence. For okay. example, he's not like he is confident, but you can tell that if something happens, you know, it could set him back a bit. Whereas somebody like Dante or Tomasino, which just exert all this confidence and like mm. you know they're him like type of thing right um th- like they really don't falter in terms of confidence like they will always have it even if they lose lane um it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to them they still think they're really good and i think that's really that's what really sets them apart i think from like Tomasino especially who's like brand new like he generally came in to the split and i was like you know what guys like expectations is like to make six like playoffs like just be better than kangaroo grand zero and it's like yeah i just want to win every game like thomas senior said i, I don't care who with us i just want to win every game hmm. and and he's like i'm going to be the best top in zero like he was generally serious about it yeah and he's and he is actually working towards that like he's um he's always there in scrims like he takes everything really serious um he asks a lot of questions to other players. Um, he got coaching from Biopanther as well. Yeah. It's just, yeah, there's a lot of things like um, that I think, uh, like, my, I'm really proud to say, like, my team is really hungry to win. I think what that sets them apart, especially from, like, the bottom teams, is they probably want to win more than, they want to win more than them, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that's a big thing with a lot of these teams and especially players if i if i put it the right way you need to have that sort of cocky mentality if that makes sense like it's not about going in and be like yeah i'm gonna play my best like i'm i'm a top tier player it's like no no no. you need to go in and it's exactly what bio said last week you need to go in saying i'm gonna win this game like you need to have that mentality and i can see that's the hard thing with esports right is you got the players who are very reserved like you said very similar to chirp versus the players that are inc- like cocky and confident like dante and tomasino um that's the caliber you sort of have to be in so do you think it's a do you think it's difficult when it comes to players that are a bit more reserved in regards to trying to boost them up a little bit more have you had a bit of success with that it is um it it, it is it is like hard to do it i think it's harder it's harder to do it than it's harder to bring people up like their confidence up than harder to bring their confidence down. Like, I, I think it's mm. like, I think it's like Thomasino can be humble at times. Right. I think he can be really mm. humble at times where he just gets humbled by somebody that's better than him. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like I'm bad. Like he says, I'm bad. The next day he says, okay, I'm the best. Right. <laughs> but like, he, you know, it's like he gets humbled like that and he takes it well. Right. Um, I think another issue that we had in our team though, which is like, not really the question you're asking, but like Brown, which is forever. Um, that was like a a jungler. Um, Mm -hmm. he was recruited straight from just amateur. Like he was on the avalanche team. Um, he doesn't speak that much English, Mm. but he's, he's quite good mechanically. He's like rank two right now, rank three. 
yeah. I think. Um, but he had a lot of problems as well transitioning into competitive, similar to Chubb. Obviously, Chubb having more experience. Um, they just too. They just play in a play. They just play a play style that's not suitable for competitive play. So they need to adjust that. They need mm. to like tone it down. Um, they're still looking to maximize like for like for their own individual rather yeah. than playing for towards the team. Um, that was like the issue that we had with Chubb. And then Brown was similar, but he he was too self like he was selfless like completely selfless you need to be selfish sometimes chubb is just too selfish sometimes that's like mm. it's completely opposing scale and that's why we had to make changes because it was just too difficult to to balance the two um the language barrier that brown had as well he couldn't really communicate as effective as for example gooder can um coming in yeah um but yeah this i mean this these are the difficulty difficulties that you face it's like Mm. Not only do you deal with the the confidence of the players, the egos, but you also have to deal with like the gameplay. And then on top of that, you have to tell them, okay, you have you're getting re you're getting benched for somebody else. Like that was hard, right? Like, yeah, it's I a really hard conversation to have. It's uh, hard. It, it's a hard conversation to have. Especially like, have... like you were saying, Chirp has not the greatest confidence in himself sometimes, and like to to go from being arguably the best player in in your own pond being amateur and then coming out and you're not performing as well the self-doubt he must have had and then to be benched on top of that it would have been a really hard conversation to have mm. it was hard it was really hard for him how did you go about talking to him sorry how did you go about as a coach like talking to him and letting him know what's going on i think that's pretty interesting uh in regards to like getting benched you mean yeah yeah like what did you do how did you go about it um i just sort of told him like uh we're gonna get swimming and we want to like just letting you know you're getting like we're competing for the mid lane spot right like you're not guaranteed to start anymore okay and that yeah. was hard for him to understand because he he still believed that he was like he was getting better as the weeks went on and he was getting better as the yeah. weeks went on i i think but it wasn't like for the expectations that we had in coming into playoffs that you know the next two games okay we didn't beat mammoth we didn't beat pg but we did believe that if we had somebody that was a little bit more experienced, like Gooder and Swimmin, we could generally take games of PG and Mammoth. Yeah. Um, and I know it's kind of hard because, like, I do wish that we had two splits. We only had one split compared to the other teams. Yeah. If we had two splits, I would have played Chirp longer, I think, more. Yeah, Because we had fair. more time. But, like, because we only had one split... And it's like the Zimmer split until next year. It's like, okay, I want to, I just want to have the best placement possible with this team. And that means I'll just bring somebody in to keep them competitive. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty rough now that I'm thinking about it because you mm. can have a split to kind of like feel yourself out as an, as an amateur org mm. coming in and kind of like grow with, with the team that you've set yourself up with. Because especially if you're getting on newer players or people from solo queue. Um, there may be some language barriers there and working on chemistry in the first split. I mean, you can have a miracle run like listed or whatever. Um, but it's how did you go in the short time frame making these split decisions? And as like, I don't want to say like a rookie coach, but kind of a rookie coach. It must have been really hard for you, too. How did you handle mm. the pressure of handling a new team for only one short split? Yeah, awesome question. That was it was difficult because thinking about it, like, I, don't, I, I try not to think about it too much. Because I feel like it's some something I can control. Um, 
I just try like to put out the best team that we have. Like I just I just do my best. Like I honestly don't think about it too much. Like I do wish we had more time. That's like mm. one thing. I do wish we had more time than because other teams have had another split. We only had one. And the fact we beat Kangaroo Grand Zero, that's pretty good, I would say. That's really right? good. Yeah. On the first split we had three rookies. Um four well, four rookies. We didn't really get any points for the new players that came in, actually. So technically, we're just with rookies. We managed to make it all the way to playoffs. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty happy with that, to be honest. Yeah, that's huge. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, man. Give yourself some some credit. Yeah. I know. Yeah, look, it was some time to get the team underway, and it would have been a learning experience for all the new players um, and yourself as well. So, I mean, mm -hmm. like, hey, for, for your boys coming in, that's huge. A huge achievement for everyone and yourself too. So congrats. Make it, like, pay yourself yeah. on the back. Yeah. Like, all the self-doubt that you may have had, all, like, the arguments with the team, or the, like, yeah. you've all grown and you're a better team, be, like, because of it. And you're going to be going into a, um, well, it's a bracket and you're versus in Direwolves, which is actually a winnable matchup. How do you think you Looks guys like are going to go? Dibbles. Unless Direwolves be Chiefs, then I don't see that happening. Well... <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> sorry, unless I was be bliss. Sorry, I don't think yeah. that I don't think that could I don't think that could happen. But it could, by the way. I do generally think it could. I do hope we do versus Diablos though, because I think they're more suitable for us. Going into Diablos though, I do generally think again. Last time we versus Diablos, we we had Tomasino ADC because we didn't have an AD that week, and we could have won that game. So that says a lot about that game. I do generally think we could maybe take a game. From Diablos, or at least try, I think I think we could we could do something there. We wouldn't we won't just like just give up and and lose. No, I think our team is better than before. Yeah, you've our got a is... solid chance. Yeah, pretty solid, I would say. Okay, are what... we going for? Oh, sorry, man, you go, you go. I no, asked the well, last one. Nah, well, that's us. You know what? I appreciate that. But now I've forgotten my question, so you can go ahead. <laughs> okay <laughs> how do you go um you're going to be playing in like six days um you know on tuesday next week how are you starting to prep up the boys do you have any scrims set or yeah we have some scrims set tomorrow um just like a few scrims before uh before the day we'll review the games that we played against uh mammoth last week mm -hmm. um and then I just always, one thing that I always do is I always just ask players what they think they want to play in the day. Or like, I just draft up like potential drafts. Like I look at what the, like what Diablo's draft, for example. Like I would look at all the games they've played and look, see any patterns I see um, of how they draft. Like what are they banned? What do they pick first? Like mm. what roles do they pick on first three? Like who do they usually give counter to, counter pick to? Um, usually that, that's what I look at. And then I'll, I always try to draft up ideas with like our comp like what we find most comfortable like what we want to play mm. uh yeah i think overall that's one thing that that's probably my strength right now is i think that like drafting is probably one probably my biggest strength i would mm. say as a coach right now and i think that's that's why we beat ground zero i do generally think that's why we won't beat ground zero is because we had yeah. a better draft in both games and we, like i read i read like i knew what they were going to do roughly most of that draft especially in game one so mm. yeah that's most um, of the game as well especially for, for pro scene is like as long as you draft well and you have fairly strong meta picks or at least um some good grasp on the meta um, most games are fairly winnable from that stage onwards because if your players are mechanically inapt, inapt enough, 
um you can pick the right champions that do enough damage like ari at the moment is just so ridiculous that she's basically two levels behind every other mid laner no two levels ahead sorry so if you're level seven level five as ari you have a fast enough wave clear as a level seven mid laner which is ridiculous and i just want to throw my knowledge out there because i learned that um but do you think you said you you draft is so strong um are you expecting anything big to change in the meta-wise coming in with the, the mid-season change-up? So, 13-13, we're going to play in 13-13, which is the current live patch that's okay. on now. Yeah. So, it's like the changes aren't too big. Like, there are some changes, as in, like, there's Aphelios nerfs and all this stuff. Um, there's not going to be too many Good. changes, I think, to the meta. Like, the only changes that are going to make is probably, like, Lee Sin will become more popular. Besides that, I didn't see any big changes. Maybe okay. Rumble, but uh, um, yeah, I saw that. I Ever think weird. yeah, it's pretty nuts. Uh, like honestly, coming into the game, like draft-wise, like we are pretty like it, it's going to be very similar to how the other weeks have panned out. Like the okay. drafts won't change too much, I would say. Oh, that's kind of boring, but also good to know. It, it is, yeah, it is. But it's easier to it's easier to plan around for sure. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. We have Hysterics here as the support coach to you. With him casting so much, how's he going with supporting the team and yourself? Uh he does well. He does really well. Um Hysterics, obviously uh one of the casters for LPL, he does have some time usually to like talk he what he mainly does is he talks to players individually he talks to them about how they're doing mentally like he's a performance coach okay. more than any other anything else he he likes that aspect of helping players perform their best he will talk to them about how they're sleeping how they're how they're doing in general yeah. like how how their games have been in solo queue what do they think of scrims it it has a lot to do with just like the mentality aspect um of the game i can just Rather imagine you can just imagine hysterics coming out with like his own little like a uh, audio alarm clock in the morning for the players like <laughs> so if I, I'll, I'll do my best hysterics impersonation hello good morning players it's time to hit the rift don't worry you're gonna do great stay positive <laughs> out there kiddo that's all i can imagine him saying that wasn't a great impersonation so we won't show that to him no <laughs> I, I could definitely feel like a bit of him in that for sure but I, i'll take it um for him yeah like he is very positive he brings a lot of energy to like the team like especially me he's like a little bit more turn and it's like really serious all the time like he is he brings like a more light side to the team and i think they really like he's really good at that so before a game for example as we as we're going into the game just just before it like he would give a much more energetic speech than I would, right? <laughs> the pep talk, a, a bit of a yeah, a pep talk for sure. Like he, he's much better that, at that than I am, for example. And that's like I think that's really useful because, especially um, the game that we won against Ground Zero, that game was like do or die for us, and we knew that. And. I for sure tried my best to give an energy, energetic speech, but so so did he, and it worked out really well. Like we had a we had so much energy coming into the game that we genuinely believed we could just like beat them really fast and really hard. 
and it ended up working really well. Like, I really like that aspect of hysterics is that he, he will just bring a lot of positive energy to, to whatever he's doing. So, oh, Stiles, you're gonna have to give me a little bit. You're gonna have to yeah. tell me. Just give us your bet. This is so putting you on the spot. Don't turn red, but like, give us your best impersonation of it. Um, like even it doesn't even have to be like specifically like even energetic. As in, like he doesn't say anything specific. He could just say he he just like the other day he just like linked the YouTube video of like. Just Goku going to Super Saiyan 3. <laughs> it's like some random song. It's like the Biggie Smalls Thomas the Tank engine video. And it's oh, like, yeah, bang <laughs> and I was I like what? But it's like Thomas Cena really liked it. And like it really like he was like, I really like the song. And like he actually <laughs> it actually like lifted him up. And it was like interesting. But like That's even so though it's like, yeah, it's so random, but it like works, right? Like I would have never thought of doing like something like that, but he he did. So, you know, he brings more value in that sense than I do. Guys, a Labrador dude. Why did I Legit. think when you said he just says random stuff? I was just like, does he just come in and just start talking genuine nonsense? <laughs> and it's just like he just says it in such a captivating way that you're like, oh shit, yeah, fuck yeah. He's just like, get Cast that burger buff. into you, baby. Where's the cucumber? Where's the cucumber? That's all I can imagine. And he you're just says, like, fuck yeah, where is it? <laughs> he says a lot of stuff. Is, like, he's serious as well, a lot of the time. He's asked questions about draft, like... But overall, like, his best trait is he he cares a lot about, like, the players and stuff. He cares a lot about how they feel, how they think. And I think, yeah, that's really good to have. Yeah, especially when your team had a, like such a slow start, making sure someone's at least keeping the the morale up is is pretty decent too. And when yeah, you have definitely. people who have strong ego is a fantastic thing, especially when you're competing. But when you have people that are like getting dominated by stronger egos, it's always nice to have someone there in your corner. So hey, but yeah. I don't know, I have no idea how to. Uh, I would I'd be able to be a performance coach because talking to people that play League of Legends that are that are upset about their solo queue just destroys me because I can't handle it. It's just like someone ran down mid in one of my League of Legends games. Like, oh, dude, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think like one thing that my team struggles with sometimes is more teams that I have been in is that they um they can definitely they really hate losing. So that like it mentally affects them quite a bit. Like they get that's good though. Hating losing is good. Yeah, of course. Like hating losing is great. They just get tilted quite a lot as well. Like that's uh, the problem. They don't they don't take it in a positive way. It doesn't light a fire. It puts them down. It it does for some, some of the time. But sometimes it just like yeah, they just they just get too tilted. Hmm. Been there, well, done I'm, that. What being tilted from solo queue? Last week, mate. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was making a miracle run and I've uh, I've lost some games. Solo queue is like the worst. I posted a tweet like today. I'm plus 17. Anyway, I just said that I don't care when other people complain about solo queue and here's me complaining. I'm plus seven. I'm plus 17 minus 30. League is doomed, man. Nah, man, you just shit. Um, no, I mean, what? Right. Sorry, okay. nah. I apologize. You're not shit. I I apologize. You are very good at the game. Wait, what are you though? Plat f like two Three. now. Three, three. Mate, that's look, you're climbing. No. Used to be master, right, Corby? Maybe. Um, I was I was D three peak. D three peak, okay. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, I was I good. Talk. I was good. <laughs>
Not anymore, dude. No. I'm washed. <laughs> Never. I don't believe touch in cross. it. Uh, I touch okay, cross. Okay, well, we'll bring it back a little bit more. How how are you guys feeling moving into playoffs? Like you've secured your spot. Um, how how do you guys think you're gonna go? If you give an honest idea of where you're gonna see it. Um, I definitely know the games won't be just stomps. That's for sure. Like the Ooh. games will not be stomps. If we do lose, it will. The games won't be like a stomp. If we do win, the games will also not be a stomp. They will just be close games, I think. Just expect close games. And we expect... And I think one, one thing that Dial will struggle with, I think that like the biggest weakness is probably their laning phase. Like, they're not like the best individual laners. And mm. I think our team can be very strong in lane. So if that is like one way we can beat them, I think. Yeah, I think that comes down to experience diff. It just, like, these players have been around a little bit longer, at least on mm -hmm. Die Wolves. They have more cohesion as a team. You being mm -hmm. the rookies and having to swap people out, like, halfway through as well. It's, mm -hmm. um, you have really good solo players. It's just the, the meshies. So it would be difficult from a coaching perspective to be able to, like, make sure it all comes together and fits in for the mm -hmm. Die Wolves game. But I kind of agree. I think if there's one way for you guys to, to win... It's to win early and hold it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's one way to win. I think that's that was that's our way to win. It's just win early. If we yeah. win early, I think we can hold it. Even if the game's scrappy, we have enough of a goal lead that we can win fights. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it, oh, oh well go coffee. Please. I was gonna I was gonna ask for a percentage. What's your percentage as the coach now mm. before like training and doing extra study just for die wolves? Now just how do you chances. guys think? Yeah, versus but let's say die wolves. Um, I'll say thirty percent. Thirty percent win. Thirty-five. percent win. I think that's fair. I think it's that's that's fair. very fair. Yeah, thirty-five percent win. In the what words of in the words of hysterics, nah, man, we flip those numbers, <laughs> turn that baby around. We're doing a sixty-five percent win. Did that sound more like hysterics? That did sound more like hysterics. Yeah, there we go. I've got to embody my idol. That's how we do it. Winnable. <laughs> um. Okay, fair enough. I, I I back that. I I actually think you guys do have a chance. But to be yeah. fair, I'm I'm a hectic optimistic, so I'll always say someone has a chance. And then when they fail miserably, I'm like, hey, look, at least you tried. Um, and then they say shut up, and then they leave me alone for a while. Um, wow. Flashbacks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I just took you down an emotional journey. Um, so what what are your thoughts for after play playoffs? Like, let's say hypothetically we get through playoffs let's say you you come out maybe we didn't get to pcs but afterwards what's what's your plans for post split two what are you looking to do in the in the downtime before split one next year well as most contracts are in dlc i'm not sure if you guys are aware but the contracts usually are just one year contracts mm. and they're very rarely two year contracts and very rarely are those renewed unless you have succeeded or like you like it's kind of like both parties are still interested in being part of this like sort of uh, mission right like yeah. um i'm not too sure if vertex will want me back i'm not sure if i want to stay in vertex it, it really would depend after the split ends it's kind of like it just yeah it, people just stop playing in, in reality like unless you have a two-year contract or whatever then you would want to keep playing but that that's almost like non-existent i would say except for, like the gravitas thing but that was like weird like yeah i don't know um Orvi had a three-year contract with gravitas 
I wasn't contracted really? at all, man. I wasn't contracted at all. I, I know I some like, of them had a like, two-year contract or something like that with like a heavy like heavy buyout fee. I mean, they were just like exploiting that um, sort of rule, yep. I would say. <laughs> Yeah, um, contract hell is what it was. Uh, that was contract Yes, I'm very glad Gravitas are not in anymore. That's for sure. Um, well, I mean, I'm just gonna. I can just. I can just flame them now that they're gone, right? Because like that was one of the teams yeah. that were a boys' club. Like they could have had much better players. They recruited like ten players, which could have been other players that were much better. But I, I don't know. We why had they... more players than ten. We were up to almost thirteen. Yeah, which we is had, crazy, right? Yeah, look, we had so many ADCs. The 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 notorious one is T Shen, who when he left, he just like brought down the whole house. Like, he's like, "This is shit. I'm done." Yeah, and like, it's crazy <laughs> to me that they have like Gravitas had so many players, but they didn't have like they had there were better players out there than those players. But even though they had thirteen of them, so I don't know how, how that works. Like for example. When I did the recruiting for Vertex, a lot of the players that I got were like, for example, like Chirp was like just the best player in amateur. Like Forever was like the highest ranked jungler that was not on a team. So like, I was surprised that Gravitas didn't go for that approach of we just want the best players that are out there that are just not contracted on a team. Mm. Um, we held... Uh, just like to shine some light on we held a, a decent tournament that was run by like us i was in it as well i did some casting for it and we we did get a decent amount of of people on we had an idea on one or two it was the, it's bloody the same thing for every every time we had an idea of like a basic roster and then we approached some of the players and we we're talking to them about who would they want to play with and that's how we got the initial five so it was all just like making sure that we could have a roster that worked as we took the first step in and then yeah. from there it was just like oh this player one doesn't want to play two isn't working or three there's issues with the team and then they just signed someone else on and then it was just this compounding thing where they were just like putting a new player in and then it was a signing and it turned into this huge mess of a roster this like rats and it just it got messy man yeah, and it, but... it was it was super kind of yeah the buyout fee thing was a bit the biofuel was sus for sure. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it's like I'm just gonna get every single person that's looking to want to go pro and put them on a roster, and then it put a buyout fee. It looked really sus. Look, I don't have anything wrong with Sean because he was always very nice to me. But man, I don't know how we stream players. Anyway, I agree. Okay, I'm. I'll take it in a bit of a different direction. How's that sound? While while yeah, we're yeah. trying to feel sad for Gravitas for what they did. Um. But- if, if I had to t- take you on a journey, let's, we're going in outer space for a second. Um, if you had to look at the LCO as it currently is, um, how they run, how they function, their format, um, players, teams, all that jazz, is there something there you think could be done better for the organizations to maybe improve their standing and maybe have a bit more of a global influence? Hence the space. Global influence. How could, LCO, how could LCO be better? Maybe is a good the the, the border. How can the LCO be better? I think one thing that people most mostly agree on there needs to be a grassroots system, something that is below the LCO but above mm-hmm. amateur, and it's hard to fund. But I don't think it particularly even needs that much funding. No, 
Mate, I'll it cast just needs it. To, it just needs to be organized. And I think one thing that like helped OC succeed was OCS, in my opinion. A lot of the players that came out of OCS ended up going OPL, ended up playing internationally. Like, for example, mm. Fudge. Yeah. Fudge, FBI, Lost. Yeah. All these players came from Challenger Series. If they weren't given a spot in the main team, like we would prob- might have never found out, found out these guys. I think it's just better mm. to have a grassroots system. That, uh, I think that would help OC. Um, I mean, two years in a row now, I've heard the rumors of, yeah, OCS is coming back, OCS is coming back. It never happened. I don't know why. Nah. Um, when would they run it? I'm not sure. Like, would they run it at the same time as LCO? Maybe like not the exact same time, but di- different days. Uh, mm. That could work. I think that's one way to. That's definitely one way to to like um, improve OC. Is mm-hmm. it would be to have that. The other things I'm not too sure on. Like, I don't know how well we can market the teams and players to have a global presence. Take that away the global. Hard. Then let's take away global. Let's look Just at an it. OCE present. Yeah, how can we improve the the OCA OCE image? Um, if this helps, this... my to so just a little preemptive for the podcast in the future too. We're looking to get carbon on. That's so good. That would I'm, be good. I'm going to try and take all of these questions that we've sort of collated from players, coaches, and stuff, and then literally be like, Carbon, I'm going to put you on the spot. Why aren't we doing X, Y, Z? And just see what he says. Because I think because he's well, the top of it. I'd to like be fair, to know... we are contracted. The LCO is contracted until the end of the year. And then they can renew it with Riot. So I think it is a pretty good question to ask. It's like, well, if we're going to renew, can we? Can we? Yeah. We're asking I think, for it. I think... What would help us see? Maybe just have more offline events as well. Maybe that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Like for example, there was a dream hack last year for the final, but there is no dream hack or there is no for example, they're gonna have IEM Sydney, I think. Or Melbourne. Yeah, the Fortress Sydney event, the big Is there IEM Melbourne or Sydney? I forgot which one it was. No idea. Sydney. Let's just go. Um that should I don't see why LCO is not on there. But like why the, why are these not why is the LCO <laughs> final not on, on not there? Yeah. Why is it why is it not an IEM Melbourne? For example, like that could, yeah, that could help, right? I I can probably at least a show match. That. Yeah, even a show match. Yeah, um, I think I, I, yeah, I think I can answer that purely from looking at it. Like, right, okay, so the last Dream Hacks, not the one that we had this year, but the last finals last year. Um, Corvi and I both attended that. Um, uh-huh. Did you attend that stuff? The last one, I attended the one where. I think I attended... No, I didn't attend the last one, I don't think. Okay. So, the, the big grand final last year, that one, compared to CSGO and the Halo that was going on at the same time, they had, like, a full stadium. Whereas League of Legends, we barely, barely filled up, like, the first major section of where we were sitting, and we didn't even have, like, half the stadium. I think because League of Legends doesn't have as big of a following, they've probably said we don't have the funding for that. Yep. That's basically what I'm seeing. And, and we know that 
LCO in particular needs like a little bit more love and funding so it can do more events and all that jazz. Um, I guess we'll just have to see how that turns. I think our run at Worlds this year will determine how that goes next year. Definitely. I think another thing is, I think the like teenagers as I was growing up, they were playing League. I think now they're not they're not playing League anymore. Mm. I they're think all that's e-dating sort of... on Valorant. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Like the Valorant is the, the game to go to. Like if you're a teenager and like people talk about Valorant, like the entry level uh, skill wise, game knowledge wise, you it's a shooter game. You just shoot shoot, right? Of course there's difficulty and there's high skill ceiling, but the mm. so it has a low skill floor, right? You yeah, the barrier to entry, it. there's like almost none. You yeah. point gun, shoot gun. If you look at League it's much more complicated. You need to know. You've never played a mobile before, and most people haven't, because mm. it's not a it's not a very famous, popular genre. Then it's not going to be as popular as the other games. I think. I'm not too sure why, in Asian countries, and European countries, league is so much bigger than. I mean, of course, CS:GO is also big in Europe, but I think in Asian countries specifically, like league is so big, and that might have to. That might be synonym with the success that they've had. I'm not too mm. sure. But, like, I don't know how we can promote League to people that have never played it before and gather new interest. Because I think we're not... I, I just don't see how there's going to be more numbers. The more people are going to come into uh, the LCR. Like, I don't, I don't see how they... Yeah, I, don't, I just don't see that. Mm. You need to have, like, you need to have, like, an interest in League. And you need to also have an esports like the esports side interest as well that just seems hard to find somebody that would be into both mm. especially like teenagers as well maybe we make an incentive program yeah i mean having a grassroots program could also work right because like yeah. it lets people set more realistic goals as well if you yeah. have like steps and levels it doesn't seem like such a long shot to get into like the the top of the league yeah, too. Because so I, you can yeah. play amateur and then if you're a player like Chirp who wants to keep moving moving up, the level, it won't feel like you're diving into the deep end almost where you're like doing really well. There's not a, a step up and then another step up. I feel like the transition wouldn't be so daunting where you would need a full year to fully transition into the league. Hmm. Uh, uh, yes, that's like one thing that would be really helpful is that they'll take, they take steps. Hmm. And once you put on all these teams in OCS, Right, like there's like a middle ground between amateur and like LCO. Then there's also going to be managers coming in. There's going to be coaches that have a shot at coaching. So you're essentially building like this community of people that are interested in in league, like like the professional side of league. And then more and more people will get interested into that as well because they 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 see a system. It's like because a lot of people that play amateur don't think they can go pro. I think a lot of them don't. Like unless you are the best players in amateur, which is not exactly easy to do, because a lot of the time the like you'd have to be high ranked in solo queue, or you've had ex- you've had experience um, playing before. So a lot of the teams that are top of amateur usually have like ex pros. Like for example, Exo Clan. Um, Exo Clan is one of them. Um, who else? Uh, what's an avalanche team? Avalanche, Poggy Woggy, uh, avalanche, avalanche Poggy Woggy, Pink, we're in the uh, semis. 
Yeah, um, that was Poggy my team. just got knocked out. Yeah, Poggy got knocked out. So it's Exo Clan and what's the other one? Yeah, Exo Clan and um, uh, three five Army MCOM. Yeah, as you see, both of those teams just have ex pros. It's like and current pros. And current pros. I'm pretty sure so Dante like, is on MCOM. So like it just kills off like the whole like the the motivation to even go pro. Like it shouldn't, right? Because in mm. reality, if you want to go pro, you shouldn't kill your motivation if you lose amateur. But like, the thing is, it would really help having a competition that's better than amateur, organized by LCO, that could put people in teams and like they get a taste of the competitive environment mm. the pro environment the semi-pro environment that's what that's what drove me to go pro at least one of the mm. reasons why mm. is because i was like damn i really enjoyed this well one final question um mm. i uh kind of you touched on it just a minute ago and it peaked my ears and i was probably not gonna ask but i'm gonna do it you said the manager uh is no longer there what uh charisma is not helping or not showing or what's going on uh charisma is just i, I think it was just like he had too much work in other stuff. It wasn't like any any issues been related to like performance or anything. He was just like burnt out. He just needs a break. Okay. At least okay. that's what I got told. So I'm not sure. Yeah, just when you said it, I'm just like, yo, wow, that's that's weird. I, did, I was not going to bring it up, but I thought I would. Yeah, he, right. he just took a break. Uh, that's what I heard. I don't know the exact mm. things, but I'm just going to believe that. So. Right. Well, that, start, that does bring us to the end of this little episode thank you so much for doing but as always i like to throw out a random question just to throw everyone for six just to end on a good laugh if you had to be a food for the rest of your life what food would you be well <laughs> that's a really hard, that's actually a really hard question i know like would you so this is like the conundrum that i'm in right now it's like do you want to be a food that's so bad that you live forever and no one eats it? Yeah. Or because you're a fruit, you're just like in this. You know you're gonna die. That you, that you you just want to die because you're just a fucking fruit or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like that's so, that's. Do like, you want to be wanna... like full of preservatives or do you want to be something fresh that's just going to be eaten very quickly? Like yeah, how like... well do you want to die in this instance? That's the big question. Yeah. That's a good, big one. That's a good question. What do you want to be? I want to be a kumquat. I, I just want to. I know what's on your mind. I just want to be. <laughs> I just want to be. I think if I was food, I would just want to die immediately. There is no reason for existence. Right? So you have to be. You have to be a food. You have to pick one. So what are you? I would just be like an apple or something. Something that anyone anyone That's can eat. So shit. An apple. Yeah, just, what type of apple though? Like pink lady. Great. Yeah, just something that just gets me out of the situation. Well, what's your That's favorite apple? It's so depressing. <laughs> Takes a fun question. It's like, dude, I, honestly, I would just want to go bridge. Uh, I just get right. anything. Well, you want to know what mine is? I, I had while we were sort of rambling, I had a chance to think about it. I'd be a pineapple because it's the only food that eats you back. Did you know that? Oh, true, it does. Oh, true. So as they no, I'm, I'm having deja vu. I'm killing them, and I'll be like, having deja vu. <laughs> Have we asked this question before? No. I I'm having deja vu. I've I've said the pineapple fact before though. Oh okay. But I haven't right. asked what you what food you would be if you were okay. to be a food. I've never asked that. That was a weird right. one. I thought I'd go okay. extra qu weird with the questions. That was a good question. I like that one. Oh, look, if you ever need a good question that just makes zero sense, Bruh. I've got you. 
Well, thank you so much, Stud. Really thank you for having me, guys. Having you on, man. Um, I'd love thank to keep in contact sure. and keep talking about uh, LCO and that sort of stuff and just... Uh, sure, you if you ever need anything, just hit me up as well. You got Corvy here too. Look, honestly, I'm keen to start up a grassroots if no one's going to fucking do it. So <laughs> I'll I'll take that helm slash hire yeah, Corvy. Get um, Timmy Wendell in here. Get get Carbon. Ask him the hard questions. Yeah, yeah damn. We can move on. Damn. Hey, let's run it. What's going on? I'm walking here. All right, let's let's end it. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank, thank you so you much, man. Have a great night, everyone. Yes. We'll see you next week. Peace. Yep. Yeah.